thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it is a new day for your people. We've come to seal of everything in the spirit. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Anoint these lips of clay. We've come to celebrate you and give you thanks. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Greet somebody. Let them know they're looking better since the last time you've seen them. Amen and Amen. Good morning to you. Welcome to Kingdom Life Embassy. Glory be to Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. The sound is much better. Thank you that we are able to repair our sound. Come on, thank the Lord for the kings that are sowing all the way from Kenya, all the way from New Zealand. People are sowing into the ministry. Just one more time, clap your hands and thank them this morning that they are a blessing. Thank you for reciprocating. The word is blessing you, strengthening you and helping you. Thank you for reciprocating in this house. Glory be to God. We're looking to wrap up the series around prayer. Um, we will never stop praying, but I wanted to just bring some understanding as we wrap up this month, uh, the last series. And today I want to, the title of my sermon is A Vessel of Honor. Of course, the chef came to my house last this week. And he came to cook up a meal. Oh, my word. Gush, we appreciate you, son. Is Gush in the house this morning? Oh, Gush is right there. Come on, thank the man. He came to sow a seed in my home and take care of us. We really appreciate that so much. A vessel of honor. A vessel of honor. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20. If you can assist me there, it would be great. But in a great house, the kingdom you've stepped into is a great house. Greatness is not a worldly principle. It is a kingdom principle. And when God saved you, He brought you into a great house. I want you to thank the Lord this morning that you belong. I'm not talking Kingdom Life Embassy. I'm talking about the kingdom at large. You've come into a great house. He is a great God and He raises up great sons and daughters. Are you going to thank the Lord a little bit this morning? Clap your hands just a little bit. So he lets you know that in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. That tells you that you can be in a great house and you can still be dishonorable. Well, God bless you. Let the Lord know we're okay if He's speaking there. Therefore, please shut that thing down. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, you think that in a great house, 
God decides who's honorable and who's dishonorable. It's not true. Scripture lets you know, if anyone cleanses himself from the dishonor, from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor. Didn't say vessels. A vessel. We're not dealing with everybody because we know that in the great house, in the kingdom, some people are honorable and some are dishonorable. But God didn't choose it. We make decisions that makes us dishonorable. It means there's a process of sanctification. You'll be a ve- you can become a vessel of honor when you're sanctified and you become useful. There's some people that walk into the kingdom, all they want to do is, is play church games. And they're useless. You must become, everybody say, useful. You can be sanctified and useful for the master. Prepared for every good work. This is what this generation needs. Scripture that I just wanted to add in there. If ever a generation needed this, have the, check the scripture. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue. Pursue. The kingdom will not pursue you. You must pursue the kingdom. But pursue righteousness and then faith and love and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So these six vessels we're dealing with here, um, you're finding the power, the purpose, the plan of God, and then the prosperity, the progress that we're pursuing, and then the purity that must come with it. Because um, he who has clean hands and a pure heart may ascend to the hill. Of the Lord. So God has got a plan to make you a vessel that is pure, that God's got a plan for you. God needs you to flee that youthful lusts. Um, let me give you some more scripture. We'll get into some preaching. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1, please. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. I know that it looks like your life is spinning out of control, but in the hands of the potter, you're going to be safe. Everything is going to be all right. Let your neighbor know everything is going to be all right. Because when you spray the Our Father, God put you on the potter's wheel. And the vessel, please know that transitions are personal. There are some people in your house that will never transition. And so you must be willing to go by yourself. And the vessel that he had made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again 
into another vessel. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know the mistakes you've made. I don't know the errors you thought that it, you, your life is over. But God can put you on the wheel again and He can make you another vessel. And He this time is making you a vessel of honor. Everybody say a vessel of honor. Because now you, you got born and you were shoved into a job, born to a certain family, certain things that happened to you. And you're finding out that now that you have come into the kingdom of God and you said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, it means that God's got the right to reorder your life. Please hear me, you might have been born again, but every house has got a certain DNA. So certain things you've never heard preached before because there's a certain message inside of your apostle. And the quality of believer that we produce uh, comes, it starts from the pulpit and the message it is given. So there's a certain kind of DNA in this house that will allow God to remake you and bring you into what God intended you to be. So if your life seems like it's spinning out of control, God is having his will and having his way. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again. Just let your neighbor know God's making you again. Verse 5. This time it's, it's according to God's will and his purpose. Jeremiah chapter, just jump to verse um, verse 6 says, Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, uh, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Says the Lord. Look as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Look, your life's not out of control. Your, hand, your life is in the hand of Almighty God. Come on somebody. Clap your hands this morning and begin to believe. And then there was a remnant. There was a certain group of people. Have a look at verse 12. He says, and they said, that is hopeless. So we will walk according to our own plans. Please, I want you to see this. When you come into the kingdom of God, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. When you say thy kingdom come, thy will be done, the power of God comes. Then the purposes of God begins to unfold and it comes with a plan. But there is a way that your will can override the will of God your whole life. And they said that it is, they saying the kingdom is hopeless and God is hopeless. So we will walk according to our own plans and we will everyone obey the dictates of his evil heart so when you give your heart to Christ this is real and what he does is he begins to not just bring you into his purpose there is a plan there is a plan for your life there's a reason for your existence and I want you to know this morning that the kingdom is a real place with a real plan for your life and you can become a vessel we're not talking about everybody if you choose to become a vessel of honor, you can grab a hold of the plan of God for your life and you can walk in the prosperity of the kingdom and your life can progress through the kingdom of God. And so as we wrap up this, 
this Our Father prayer, I want you to see uh, as we end the prayer, it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That must be your prayer. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, and that wraps up the prayer. But have a look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. We're trying to bring to you an understanding that God is real. He's got a real plan for your life. You're not an accident. He wanted you just the way you are. And so don't go changing to try and please anybody. Because God loves you just the way you are. So when you come into the kingdom of God... Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 lets you know that to everything there is a season. Things are for seasons. Please hear me. The world has taught you how to acquire things with no purpose. That's why that wardrobe is standing full and you haven't worn that, 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 that um, matric farewell dance uh, dress. I mean, you, you, you're 65 and you're still waiting that one day you're acquiring things that's got nothing to do with purpose. Because a time for every purpose under heaven, when God gives you time in the earth and every season of your life, He's got to give you the things that you need for your season. You might not need a car while you're at university. But to travel to church on a Sunday morning and you get a wife and, and you got some children, you need transportation. So the things... According to God's payday triangle comes in its season for you. You don't want things outside of its season because you'll get bored and it messes up the plan of God. I spoke to a couple many, many years ago and the acceleration upon their lives was tremendous. I mean, I, you know, they're younger than us and, and they got married and then they sat in our house like maybe two years or so and they were debt free. Completely debt free. And I was like, that is pretty amazing. Now, part of the debt that you would have in your life is that God will keep you getting up every morning to go and work. It's a motivation. There's a purpose. It's not how God intended it to be, but I'm letting you know that some people need to be in debt because they would not get up and do anything. They can't come to church even on a Sunday. So when God blesses you and makes you debt free, the question is why? Because when God gives you a thing, it's for a purpose. When God brings you into the things, I mean, some people are crying for a million rand and 10 million. For what? What are you going to do? No, you need a job. You need Pharaoh to whoop you every single day. Because you're lazy. You're just lazy. Now, I know I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to the one behind you. But there are certain people that it is absolutely God will never bless them because of their slothfulness. Because when God brings you into a season, the season, um, there are levels in the kingdom of God. And God's going to move you through the processes in the kingdom of God, but you don't need certain things. If you look at David, please give me the, the payday triangle. I want you to see that you live life on levels and we arrive in seasons. If you have a look at this, I want you to see this. I want you to see the process with God, please. Um, if, if, if purpose comes from God and God sent you into time, it's only for you to discover the purpose of that time. 
then when you begin to discover the purpose of why you exist and you say yes to the will of God, God moves you into a season where he releases things. That's why it says when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things are added. And anytime you get things outside of its season, a little girl can't be 15 and pregnant, man. She can't even handle the stuff. She's growing. How can a baby have a baby? It's outside of its season. And it messes with that child's whole development. So your father in heaven will never give you things outside of its season. And if you've never prayed for the purposes of God and the will of God, then why should God add anything? Go work for your stuff. That's his system. Go and work for it. You don't want to, you don't want to come in on the kingdom. Why must God add stuff to your life? Have you seen the people that have won the lotto? They're getting 10 million, you know, and sometimes dollars and, and the like. And you go and study their lives. You'll find these people are worse off because they get things with no purpose. There's no reason for it. They just get drunk, go to the nightclubs and just, this is, this is the kingdom of God. And your heavenly father's not irresponsible. He'll give you stuff in its season when you've learned to handle it. He'll never give you a Maserati. You can't even ride a bicycle. Because the way God operates in his kingdom, have a look at David. We're going to study a bit of this, and we've been doing this with the men last week. If you missed the men's conference, you missed big time. We went and we dealt with level two for the men. Because when you live life on levels and arrive in seasons, level one is um, David is just serving his father. He's not looking for trouble. He's not looking for a stage. He's not looking for a performance to show off his gift. He, he's just serving his father. And his father sends him to go and take care of the, the brothers. When he gets there, he finds Goliath is taunting the nation. That's one level. But when David kills Goliath, he asks, what do I get? So he kills Goliath and David goes debt free into a season. But with that thing comes the jealousy of Saul and he knows he's anointed as king, but you don't lay on this level. He's going to go all the way to the top because he's a vessel of honor and God's making him at the wheel. So God takes him in his season and begins to now move him because even Saul's jealousy chases him out of the palace and moves him into the wilderness. And with him moving into the wilderness, there's a whole different kind of fight in there. In fact, 400 dysfunctional people come to him in Hebron. His family joins him in there. They're disgruntled, they're distressed, and they're indebted. So David takes all the debt-free living and he feeds them Three square meals every single day because they broke. So David moves, taking the resources of the one level, he begins to empower the people. David doesn't go and buy a chariot with mag wheels. He's not bragging at Clearwater and getting onto a business flight. No, on the next level, he's got all this money, but he's empowering people on the next level because the next level is Hebron. Hebron is covenant relationships. This is where David, begin, David begins to empower the people. He trains them up. Can you see what God has done for us? When God brought us on this place, people say, well, you know, it's just a tent that they're in. No, you, you're crazy. I've been training up some, every one of David's mighty men were giant slayers. 
come on everybody around me if you're a leader God's bringing you into a brand new level where you're gonna function in the kingdom of God with power and authority that's what I'm doing I'm training you up on the next level we're not using money to brag on stuff all our money is gone to training so in David's in Hebron he now stays there for seven eight years but he's empowering these people and then you have some men that comes from Saul's camp and they join hands with David and they become um, they, they become loyal to David and they become David's mighty men so David begins to rule from Hebron but please hear me that was not the final stage because Saul is still alive he's sitting on the throne but he's not king anymore have you ever seen people that got the title but they don't have the power I know your boss we speaking <laughs> I'm kidding but there are certain people that, are, that run after titles. That's the reason why religion is such a useless activity. I must have the collar on and give me the seat. But when you look at their lives, there's no productivity. Form of godliness, no power. When you begin to step onto the next level, David begins to rule in Zion. I please want you to hear me this morning. Please take note. Let me give you more scripture. Go to with me to the first level is faithfulness. The second level is a vow or a commitment. The third level is fruitfulness because that is in Zion. Zion is where you rule from. And there are many people that do not understand what God is even doing in their lives, why God is remaking their lives. But God is moving you to a higher place in the kingdom of God. When you begin to function with kingdom revelation, God's not just, your life is not in spinning for nothing. God's remaking you so that the kingdom becomes your priority. So God can move you up to the highest place. It's called Zion. And I've noticed that some of you have not been singing. You don't know what is Zion. Let me just give you some more scripture. I'll preach on Zion in a minute. I'll help you understand something. It's important to know about purpose. And you need to know about your seasons. If I could do anything with this diagram, on the right hand side, I would put almost a ladder. Because you were sent into time, but you've got to climb in every season. You've got to climb in every season. You've got to become what God has called you to be. So if I have to look at this purpose, time, and season, I've got to know that a blanket has a purpose. But it does not have a destiny. A blanket has a purpose. But it does not have a destiny. But because you are born of God, you not only have a purpose, you have a destiny. And that means uh, that um, uh, destiny, um, decisions decide destiny. And it means that I need to get in on the plan of God. That I've got to make a decision to become a vessel of honor. So that I can climb to the next level with God. There are some people stuck and they don't know why they're in trouble. And they're thinking, well, you know, but I'm letting you know that it is your decisions. Because um, 
You are born looking like your parents, but you die looking like your decisions. Decisions decide destiny. You decide what your life is going to become. And when you come into the kingdom of God, you need to know that God is waiting for you to say, your will be done, my will go. Come on, somebody. you got to make a decision. Every single day I wake up and i got to pray, God, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. And then I make a decision to obey God. And I get up every morning and I say, I don't feel like it today, but I'm making a decision. And I'm going to go and and I'm going to walk in the power of Almighty God. You have a decision to make because your world is a reflection of your wisdom. You need to just clap your hands a little bit and say, Lord, I need to make better decisions. Please hear me today when I tell you that your life moves at the speed of your decisions. You decide how far you're going to climb and how fast you're going to climb. It's a decision. If you're going to become a vessel of honor, you need to know how the kingdom works and what God is looking for. And I'm giving you a clear model to help you make a transition, make the transition a little easier for you. Because many people desire this, but they don't know how to deal with the temptations. Can we preach on temptations? Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1. Is this good preaching? Then give Jesus a praise. Then Jesus was led out by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Please hear me. There's the good. You heard Pastor Michelle. The good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. They levels. They levels. So in any time you're dealing with the outer court, the holy place, the most holy place, they levels. There are different places where people encounter God and have a different kind of experience with God. And uh, the devil is always wanting to take you out of the payday triangle. The Bible lets you know in the book of Revelation that payday is coming. It's letting you know that Jesus is coming. He says, and my reward is with me. Do not believe the lie that there's no reward for what you do for the kingdom of God. What you do in time is everything is noted. Your dishonor is noted. Your honor is noted. Just give me verse 1. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Lead us not into temptation. Help us not to take a shortcut. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, first temptation, it's first level. First temptation, it's first level. You need to know on that triangle, every single level had a giant that David had to deal with. Every level, there's a new devil. And I want to show you what the temptation is on every level. That there's temptations on every level. The first one has got to do with your identity. He makes it personal. Jesus comes out of the water. He deals with his father. The heavens open. The the Lord says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. 
hear him. What's the first temptation? Is to deal with your identity. If you are the son of God. No, hold on. First of all, you were at my water baptism. Number two, it wasn't that I'm the son of God. I'm the beloved son of God. He's throwing you scripture, but he's messing the scripture. The first level is your I am's. I am anointed. Look, when God brings you into the kingdom, the Bible says if, if the foundations be destroyed, I'm building what God is rebuilding in your life, is fixing your identity. Because in the kingdom of God, your identity is not achieved. Your identity is received. If any man be in Christ, they become a brand new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I want you to know that that is the foundational thing. There are over 130 scriptures that deals with your identity. I am the righteousness of God. When the devil comes and asks you, so who the hell do you think you are? I ask, how much time do you have, devil? Sit right here and let you, I want to let you know that I am healed and I am delivered. I am blessed of God and I am walking in the favor of the Lord and I am the righteousness of God and I am blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field I'm blessed going out and I'm blessed coming in and I am adopted in the family and I adopt a child is a wanted child and I am walking in victory all the days of my life I am an overcomer that which is born of God overcomes this world even your faith I want you to know devil that I've whipped you on this level if you come and mess with my family you a joker I've been down this road before I know when you came to criticize me and condemn me and make me inferior but those days are gone what you know I also know I'm not inferior to you break that low self-esteem let the devil know that you know who you are You better have word. When you are dealing with temptations, you better have word in you. Jesus never responded that way. He says to him, if you are, your first temptation you're going to deal with is personal. Let's move. Next verse. But he answered and said, it is written. You better know what is written. If you're going to climb and become a vessel of honor, if you're going to function in Zion, you need to know who you are. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. First devil says, well, we're going to up the game. The devil took him up into the holy city. My God. I mean, what kind of power is that? That the devil himself would take Jesus, think about it, and set him up on the pinnacle of the temple. Brings him the next level of temptation. Have a look at now, at this thing now. The first one is personal. David is on the ground. He's having to deal with Goliath. His brother says, so who do you think you are? David says, is there not a cause? Because on the first level, you better have an answer. The next level is now in Hebron. 
What are we dealing? Hebron means covenant relationships. So the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again. Sometimes you have to let that devil know, let me tell you again, you are a joker. I whooped you at this level and I will whoop you again and again. I'll bring out the scripture and if it looks like you don't want to move and you're still tempting me, I'm going to bring out another scripture and I'm going to let you know that I'm favored of my father. Come on somebody. The hand of God's upon my life. No, no, God is not here for you. No, he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. I am in Christ. Christ is in me. The hope of glory. Here's your next level of temptation. The next level of temptation has got to do with the house of God. It's got to do with the temple. And he will tell you, you don't belong here. Oh, don't worry about the temple. Take care of your personal need. Most people have missed it. Because they don't understand in Hebron, Hebron's called covenant relationships. It's the place we establish family and the culture. It's on this level that you're going to get tempted to break away from the family of God. It's on this level where you hear stupid, ridiculous statements like, I am the church. You're absolutely useless. Because you mean to tell me you're the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You're the apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and pastor. You mean to tell me that you can do everything because you have the church by yourself. Are you foolish? Are you foolish? Every gift is needed in the house of God. God's gone and he's, he's the head. But he's made it sure, made sure that you can't as the stomach say, I don't need the hand. Or the hand say that I don't need, I mean, we, you know, you brag about your hair. But what if your stomach never worked this morning? I mean, just, I refuse to. Be loosed in Jesus' name. Not here, after the service. Amen. The Lord will help me this morning. The the temple is the level of covenant relationships. If you do not respect and honor the house of God, you will never come into Zion. You will never go into the next level that God has got for you. Because David started ruling from Hebron. And at the day that you dishonor the church and you break covenant, your life will stagnate. Guaranteed. Because God's the most powerful institution in the earth is the church. And God is not violating His church to please you because you don't feel like it. This is a covenant relationship. This is the place where Jesus had to go into the temple and go and drive out the money changers. Because it's not the place where you make money. You don't make money from the church. You sow your money here and you reap on the next level. And the reason why people have never gotten their breakthrough is because they violated the order of God. Because when you come into the house of God, the first thing is covenant relationships. 
So on this level, David is making sure in Hebron that these people actually function and know who they are. I took a roll call. I want to find who the men were that were here and who who wasn't here. When I have my private meetings, I want to know where that person was. There must be a valid reason because do you understand you treating the place like a casual place, yet this is a covenant space. You've come into the temple of God. And my wife just wanted me to stay home with her. She better be there for you. When you are tempted by that girl, that that Jezebel, that wears that dress called Lo and Behold, you better have, if he doesn't fear God, you stand no chance, woman. You stand no chance. The reason why they become mighty men of valor and you send them to the church and let them stand and fight a good fight is because if they fear God, there must be somebody in your husband's environment that he fears enough that if you make a call and say, I'm going to call Apostle Max, he must be saying, I'm sorry, I apologize. The fear of God has got to be in every single man. My wife is just say, I'm going to call Dr. Winston. I'm saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I repent right now. You keep trying to, 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 you know, just, I just let Rabbi Stowe just be with him. Send him to the army. Where's David's mighty man? Come on, you need to just clap your hands a little bit. We need to raise men that fear God, man. We need to raise a generation that will say yes to God. A generation that will say, God, I believe you and I fear the Lord. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Stop raising your boys that way. Oh, mommy's little boy. And then what's he going to do in the world? Not sure what his identity is. You're crazy. The word of God will fix them. And let him become a vessel of honor for the kingdom of God. You don't ever marry a man that doesn't fear God. Because you're in trouble already. Running behind you, holding your bag. Oh, whatever she wants. The devil is a liar. We're raising up men that will take their rightful place. That will walk with vision. That will become David's mighty men. Let every man in this house stand a little bit and shout hallelujah. Yeah, I know it's Women's Month, but it's going to benefit you, woman. No, it's Women's Month. Now I must run after the woman. Are you crazy? We need you to lead your house, man. You ask every woman that is God-fearing, every woman that really understands this. Let me tell you why our schools are in trouble. You mean to tell me they can dump all kinds of junk in the school with curriculum and not one man is standing up? Because you said, all men are trash. Sit down, you're making too much noise. Really? Now when the trouble comes, where are all the men? You told us to sit down. Happy Women's Month. I love you. Okay. Covenant. Relationships. Wives, never let your husbands violate their relationship with God and with the house of God. You fix it there because you're the beneficiary. I said you're the beneficiary. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. Watch. Watch. Personal, house of God, 
mountain. Because the next level has got to do with territory. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Holy Spirit, help me to wrap this up. There are levels in your development with God. Go with me to... uh, Matthew 16. I'm going to just lay a foundation because I think I should be starting a new series about Zion next week. It's teaching you how to live life at the top because our people don't know what it looks like to live life at the top. What does it look like when we're speaking about, I'm not talking about based upon your education that the world gave you. I'm talking about biblical standards. Then the Pharisees and the Sadducees came, testing him, asked him that he should show them a sign from heaven. Um, I'm in verse 13, please. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, look at the three levels, please. I want you to be aware of it because some people are not climbing because they don't think that there's another level. Then Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi and he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He's giving them a hint. First level. Identity. Who do you say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So he said to them, but who do you say? You better know what he says about himself. For in him we live and move and have our being. Because the more you reveal him, the more he reveals you. He said to them, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter. He says, Now that you've got the rock of revelation, now that you've got the foundation, let's build. Are you with me? Personal first. Now I go to the next level. What's the next level? I'm going to build my church. The ecclesia. I'm going to build my people on this level. And the gates of hell will not prevail against them. Because you're now living on another level. I know who I am. You know who Christ is. On Christ the solid rock we stand. Everything else is sinking sand. You now come into a next level in the kingdom of God. Where now you begin to understand this is the level that the gates of hell will never prevail against. The gates of hell shall not prevail against. Now look at it. Please next verse. It goes to another level. There's the level of the church. There's the level of the kingdom. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Three levels. How many people have never reached a kingdom level of functioning and operation? I've given you witnesses, at least three from the Bible, to show you that there are levels in the kingdom of God. 
that you were supposed to rise up into and become what God has called you to be. Because when God saves you, you are in Christ, who's the hope of glory. He then moves you into a level where you begin to honor covenant relationships. You begin to honor God on a level and the church is here. Most people, religion stops here, you see. Because they give you a form of godliness and there's no power. Yet in the kingdom of God, everybody's on assignment. I'm not the only one called. So are you. There's no difference between the pew and the pulpit. There's no difference between this ministry and your ministry out in the marketplace. Because even though 5% were called to be here full time, 95 are out in the world functioning with kingdom revelation and understanding. Is anybody going to give God some praise and say, Lord, I belong here. Say, I belong here. Now, the devil will tempt you on every level. The next temptation is in Zion. Because in Zion, he doesn't want you to know who you are. Let's preach a little bit. My time's gone. Jesus, help me. I heard this one person sing, preach. Can we go? I'll give you 10 minutes. Or you give me 10 minutes. I want to settle some stuff. I promised the men that we will teach on Hebron. David's mighty men had seven features. We preached on that. But it's now time for you to manifest on the next level. I'm letting you know that the church has not functioned in this place. The majority of people don't know what it is to live in Zion. I want you to know that God put a song in my heart for you. Zion. Can you turn that mic on of yours, Aaron? Just where you are. I want you to know that Zion, when David comes into Zion, Zion is the place where you rule from. It is the place where you become the king that God called you to be. That even though we have a man of God that is in your church and he is your apostle, I want you to know that he's raising you up so that you can live in Zion. Because Zion is calling somebody. When God, when God made you and God put you on the potter's wheel, Sichaba, he didn't make you to leave you in a church. He created you to have dominion. He made you to rule in Zion. David couldn't wait to go and function on the next level. David began a function because he was a vessel of honor, you see. And David wouldn't stop progressing. David wouldn't stop functioning. There is something about Zion that makes you move with the kingdom of God on a whole nother level. I'm letting you know that there is a reason why your prayers have been taking so long. It's because you are still stuck in time and in season. Please for a minute, put it down. Just give me my, my, my model one more time. Do you see it? Give me the triangle. Do you see it? How many triangles there? You got it? Can you get it? Here's a time. Here's a season. I sowed in time. I waited six months. I waited six years. My season came. When you go higher to the next triangle, your time and your season. Oh, you're getting it. Oh, you're getting it. If you climb higher, I want somebody to know this morning 
that there is a place in God in a dimension where there's no longer times and seasons. Someone's coming up into a place in the kingdom of God that if I call it this morning, this afternoon, it's going to manifest. It's called Zion. Zion's calling me. Lift your hands. To a higher place of praise. To stand upon a mountain. The mountain and, and to magnify his name. To tell all the people and every nation that he reigns. Zion is calling me to a higher place of praise. One more time, sing. Second Samuel chapter 6 verse 1. Let me preach and get this thing sorted out because somebody is coming into a brand new season with God. Someone's about to come in a place. You, you, you need to know the reason why God gave you faith is so that you can override time. You are going to have dominion over time when you come up into Zion. He's calling you. He's calling you. I feel the anointing in this place. My God, I feel it. Let me give you revelation. I know you're going to jump. My God, I feel this. So again... So, so, so watch now, Saul dies. And you need to know that there was a king that had a title and he had all the people gathered with him. But he never knew the presence of God. God couldn't correct him and God couldn't speak to him. In fact, when God did correct him, he said, won't you go and speak to your God? He told Samuel, speak to your God for me and don't, don't, don't tell the people. But when David became king, he's going to function in Zion. My God, I feel the anointing. Um, we, go, go to chapter 5, please. I, I, I've got to lay this for you. I know, I know we've got to lay this thing for you. Uh, verse 6. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land who spoke to David, saying, You shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will repel you, thinking David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is the city of David. Did I tell you that there are, on every level there's a devil? Did I tell you that there are giants on every level? The Jebusites stood up there. They occupying the place. And they telling you there is no way you can come up here because there are two things that you must have when you come up into Zion. Two things you must have. Number one is vision and two is dominion. 
that means you must you can't be lame when you walk up here you can't be slothful you can't be lazy you must be able to see the way the way God sees it and if I'm letting you know this is the tips for Zion this is what you need to understand those Jebusites will fight you that's the reason why they will send you to go and find a job because you got no vision where does the vision come from vision is pictures is purpose in pictures so when you understand the purposes of God, He births the picture of what you see. All of a sudden, you see yourself the way God lets you see yourself. All of a sudden, I am the righteousness of God, and there is a plan of God for my life. And I'm letting the devil know that I'm going to tramp here in this place of Zion. I'm letting you know, Jebusites, we're putting you on notice. We're letting you know we're going to eject you. We're going to remove you because we're going to walk up here with vision everybody shout amen that's the reason why when God brings you into the house and he gives you the vision of the house it's to move you up into Zion because nobody functions in Zion without vision and dominion you must be fruitful on this level everybody's fruitful I want to pronounce it in the heavens everybody in this church is fruitful David said on that day, whoever climbs up by the way of the water shaft and defeats the Jebusites, the lame and the blind, who are hated by David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. What does God do? When God trains you up in the house of God, in Hebron, and he gives you equipment, and he trains you up as David's mighty men, everyone became giant slayers. And he says, anybody who can deal with vision up here and walk in dominion, he's captain. He's a ruler. You shall be chief and captain because they claiming the blind and the lame, lame can't come up here. You got no vision. The reason why you're perishing is the reason why people perish because there's no vision. Lift your hands. Zion is calling you. I'm letting you know this morning. Zion is calling you. It's calling you. God's calling to inject fresh vision inside of you. The fresh desire and the purposes of heaven is coming upon you. Zion. Zion means fortified. It essentially means fortification. And that's the place where God wants to secure your future. God wants to secure you and your family. He wants to bring you into your purpose and where you're not afraid of evil tidings no matter what's happening in the world I'm letting you know there's a reason why I'm preaching this message is because there is the trouble that is coming but God wants you to climb a little higher let your neighbor know I'm climbing I'm going to become a vessel of honor I don't know about you I don't know if you're not still going to be my friend I'm hoping we can still but I'm letting you know that God is calling me let your neighbor know come on you begin to lift your hands and begin to worship and say I know that Zion is calling me I know that there's a call of God upon my life I, I know that we've been friends but this casual conversation has got to go because I I am in covenant with Jehovah and God is calling me to my next level in Him. God is calling me. Everybody say, Zion is calling me. So David comes up here. I got so much to preach. God help me. 
So David becomes king. But you see, in Zion, it's a little different. Because in Zion, we've got no time and seasons. In Zion, it's It's a little different, you see. Because these people come up here with vision that was given by God. They vision and they're walking on purpose. And they're not waiting for things anymore. They need things are coming from every side because the kingdom for these people in Zion, the kingdom is the only reason why they're there. Because now I get to change the culture when I'm at the top of the mountain. You can't change the culture at the bottom of the mountain. You can only change the culture when you come to the top of the mountain. You're going into Standard Bank and saying, I'm going to change the culture here. The devil's laughing at you because you are not in charge. When I I am in charge. I get to change the culture. I get to bring a kingdom culture. You don't want me? I'm going to start my own company and I'm going to get vision for my life and and I'm going to come to the top of my mountain and I'm going to function out of Zion. Zion is calling me to a higher place of praise. So you're dealing with the king that never knew God in the presence of God. The Ark of the Covenant is somewhere else and this king doesn't care about the presence of God. That's why when you pray, our Father who art in heaven, you're dealing with the temptations through the levels. But at the end, that column, the results column for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. The kingdom is on the top level. The kingdom comes with power and with glory. It belongs in Zion. Because your exploits is functioned. You move out of the church mode into kingdom. And you begin to take territory for the glory of God. Because that level is for territory. My God, I feel so much word in my spirit. I've been in the word till 12 o'clock at night. I've been in a conference all the way in Ghana. Greater Works Conference has been there. We've been online till midnight. Listening to the word every single night. And building my spirit with this thing. i got so much to teach you. Then, now David said on that day, 2 Samuel, give me 6 verse 1 please. David's now king. But David says, you don't rule in Zion without the presence of God. Again, David gathered all the choice men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him before from Baal Judah to bring up from there the ark of God. Whose name is called by the name the Lord of hosts who dwells between the cherubim. So they set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And so they're driving this cart. But of course, Uzzah puts his hand to it. Verse 3 says, uh, verse 4, he brought it out of the house. Um, And so uh, verse 5, let's go verse 5. And David and all the men of the house, they, they, they played music before the Lord on all kinds of instruments, of fir hood, on harps, on stringed instruments and tambourines, on systems and on cymbals. I want you to know that in the kingdom of God, in Zion, David's tabernacle is different to Moses' tabernacle. Because God is raising up in this generation the David, the tabernacle of David. Moses' tabernacle had an outer, an inner court, and a holy place. David's tabernacle never had any compartments. In fact, in David's tabernacle, they just had 24-hour worship. Why? I'm letting you know where your breakthrough is. Give me scripture. Let me give you scripture. They came to Nacon's threshing floor. He was put out his hand on the ark of, the, of God and took hold of it for the oxen stumbled. 
Then the anger of the Lord was aroused against Uzzah and God struck him there for his error for he died by the ark of God. Oh, there's so much in there. You're trying to help God in Zion. No, no, you don't help God in Zion. God help you. Look at your neighbor and say, God better help you because you come in here. All you do is if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You don't try to make things happen up in Zion. Go down and go and hang around there at the bottom and go and find your job because here we're dealing with holy things. When you're coming up here, it's because if you want to get stuck in time, that's fine by me. You can go and find your job and you can wait for your payout. But if you're going to come up in Zion, there's a whole different mental attitude and a mindset because we are done with times and seasons. David looks at this thing and David, now this man dies and because you see religion is useless. You're trying to help God. You're trying to find a way to make God work. Uh-uh. In the kingdom of God, God is helping you. You just follow the instruction. And so David became a problem because David, uh, there's an outbreak uh, because uh, uh, of Uzzah and, and so to, and to, the, to this day. And so verse 9, please. David was afraid of the Lord that day and he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not move the ark of the Lord with him into the city of David. But Zion must have worship. Zion must have praise. So David's frustrated because now he's stuck back in time. So David would not move the ark of the Lord. He put it into the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of uh, Obed-Edom the Gittite for three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And so they come and they make David jealous. The Lord allowed certain things to come to you so that you can become jealous to see the breakthrough in other people's lives. They're not even serving God. I mean, he's a Gittite. You know what's a Gittite? He's tight with his money. But yet God's blessing him. Come on, somebody. Now it was told King David saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of what? Where does the blessing come from? It comes from the presence of Almighty God. It comes because the presence of the Lord is in your house. It's not because you prayed so much. There's days I'm like, I don't know what to say, but I do know how to pray. And I do know how to praise Him. Come on, can anybody clap their hands right now and say, Lord, I will praise Him. So David went and brought up the ark of, the, of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. David looked at the frustration that three months I wasted time. How much time have you wasted? Still struggling in your own flesh and your own strength and your job. If your job can't get you through the month, what are you going to do when you're 65? Have you not now, by now realized that even the path you're on, it's never going to get you there? That if you now begin to come into the kingdom and into Zion, this is what God is calling you into. God wants to remove the time and that you can be in the place that God has assigned for you and your family. You're not going to spend time. You see here when, when God makes me debt free. I'm not going to go and run and get drunk on the beach. I'm just going to run further with the purposes of God. Because when provision comes, it's for purpose. David begins to bring the presence of God. 
times ago. He takes worship. And he begins to praise because in Zion, there's no delay. David has 24 hours of worship. And he's praising God. And he's worshiping God. And he's making a sacrifice. And then he goes six places. And they're singing. And they're dancing. Because Zion is sustained through praise and worship. In this place, I didn't pray last year and now I'm finding an answer. No, no, no. We don't have times and seasons. We just keep worshiping. Psalms 84 verse 5, please keep standing. I'm done. Psalms 84 verse 5, read with me. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set. I'm willing to move. I'm going to take the journey with God. Keep reading. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go. Come on, say it one more time. Say it like you ate something. Each one. You are coming up into a brand new level in God where you're going to be experiencing the supernatural of God. There's no more delays. Everybody shout, no more delays. No more delays. Say, no more delays. Shout, no more delays. Zion is the place where there's no times and seasons. The why I'm walking through my valley and I'm weeping and I'm struggling and I don't know what's going to happen for tomorrow but I know that in time I'm walking through this valley of Baca the place of weeping and it looks like nobody's hearing me and there's no doors opening for me but I am on a pilgrimage I am a vessel with God I am a vessel of honor God is raising me up in this hour I'm letting you know my time is coming when God is going to elevate me God's going to lift me up. You will not become weaker. You'll become stronger and stronger. Each one appears before God in Zion. Each one. Have a look. Hmm. Oh Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. O God, behold your shield. And look upon the face of your anointed. I have one more verse. There is a man that is not part of the team of David's mighty men. But he experiences the presence of God. His name is Obed-Edom. I don't have time. It's found in the book of Chronicles. Obed-Edom doesn't stay at home. He packs up those over 80 of his family members. He says, I found the presence of God. And I'm letting you know that we're not going to stay here in this place anymore. The Bible says he became a gatekeeper in the house of God. For a day in your course is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Because when you come into Zion, Zion had 24 hours of worship. And they stood there and they brought sacrifices. And David played that all. Why? 
Because there's no time and there's no season. There's no night there. You don't go through that thing again. The plowman overtakes the reaper. You begin to function on a whole nother level. Zion. Zion. Please lift your hands.